On this episode of Resi Week, we talk Matter 1.0, Flame Retarded Shades, and Pre-Configured Networks. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 349. Hey, Julie. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Daylight, the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my longtime friends, First, we have Amanda Wildman. She's the co-owner of True Media Home up in Michigan. How you doing, Amanda? I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. I love being here, especially, you know, right after coming back from Expo and all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. All kinds of fun stuff. The other person on the show with us today is my good friend from Indiana who somehow roots for Georgia, but that's another story. Mr. Jeremy Glowacki, he's the executive editor at Residential Tech Today. How you doing, Jeremy? Yeah, if, if that's not confusing enough for you, I, I root for Georgia and I root for the Yankees. So it's it's that dichotomy well, Yeah, of but life that thing. one's okay. Well, I know you like Today it. Today is going to be a good day. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. It... No, it's going to be a good day. Stay positive, man. Stay positive. Yeah, it's, which which season's going to show up? The, begin, the first half or the second half? So that's that's let's my really hope for the first half. <laughs> I agree. Yes. But thanks for having me. Good to see you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. The Matter 1.0 specification has launched the Con- Connectivity Standards Alliance. Uh also announced the opening of Matter Certification Program. Um, if you don't know what Matter is, I am not going to try to explain it to you. Um that being said, it is the holy grail, supposedly, of IoT and, and, and smart things that are going to bring everything together into a global standardized IP-based protocol that will fundamentally change IoT. Uh, at least that's what the um, president and CEO of the Connectivity Standards Alliance, Tobin Richardson, says. Jeremy, let's let's start with this. Um there are a ton of companies that have signed on to this, including the big ones, uh, as far as, you know, the GAFA companies, Amazon and Apple and uh, Google, et cetera. <sighs> Will this bring the unity or the interoperability that we've all been hoping for, wishing for, dreaming of uh, with IoT devices, or is this a stepping stone to something that will? You know, we uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording, and I, I acknowledged that I had the hardest time explaining matter to anyone, and it's uh, my, kind of my job to understand these things. I've been to multiple meetings with uh, with folks uh, to talk about it, and I I come out thinking that sounds like a great concept, but until it gets closer to reality, I don't really know how much I want to promote it. I don't know how much I really want to believe it's going to happen. I do love that so many companies have bought into it. And I know that there's stepping stones. So I just want that first step of a of products that actually are branded on a box that work together. 
And then I can say, okay, the proof of concept is finally here. And this is a real thing. It's not just conceptual. Um, right now, uh, it's, it's like um, a lot of promises and a lot of testing and a lot of um, theory. And um, I do think that it's, it's going to be great for that level of products that are quote unquote IOT that are maybe store-bought products, not the type that necessarily are in the high end that are parts of, you know, CI custom integration projects. I still think that the control companies that are in the CI space will probably have um, their own kind of algorithm, things like that, that work with specific walled systems that we see in our industry. Um, maybe because the overlap of IoT into our space, this will help to connect a little bit easier. Um, but I do still see our industry as it is, our little tiny industry that is so important to us having something different, it's not necessarily matter um, as a, you know, end all be all, but I, that's the mm -hmm. thing that I'm still confused about how much it's going to, you know, not, not to use it as a negative, but infiltrate our industry. Um, so until we get some of those products out there in the market, it's kind of like, to me, um, one of those things when I first saw uh, Wiza, uh, the wireless home yeah. theater, in a Best Buy store where it said this TV works with these speakers. I'm like, that thing that I've been hearing about that I thought sounded kind of like, well, it's possible. Maybe they, why? you know, it's actually real and they're doing it and it's brand name. So until I see that, I'm not too sure I completely bought in yet. So it's kind of hard for me to, to give you a good positive answer on it yet. I like it. Amanda, will, will the big, AV companies get on board with this. We we saw that specifically SmartThings, which is a Samsung product, is on board. They don't come out and call out Samsung directly, but Samsung, Sony, Denon, uh, Sonos, like all of those big brands that work in our space, Crestron, RTI, URC, who, name whatever you want. That has long been one of the hard things about IoT. Is that our in as much as we see it and we want to work with it, I'll tell you right now that you know Ring works better with Ring tab or not Ring tablets, but Amazon tablets than it does on any you know couple thousand dollar installed in wall tablet. I, I can do a much better job with the forty nine dollar Prime Day sale than I can with anything else that our industry produces will we as a as a channel get on board with this and start to integrate this or will it be a clumsy add-on as it's kind of been in the past first let me say i agree with you jeremy i think it's confusing every time i walk into a room and i think i'm going to get clarification i walk out and i've got more questions um second of all i think it would be great if we could all get on the same page but i'm still waiting for all of us to follow matt scott's lead and get on metric as a globe um whoa, whoa, <laughs> we can't whoa, even whoa, do whoa, that whoa 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 why would you do that <laughs> no i'm serious to have, us all speak the same, to have us all speak the same language where we're all doing like metric <laughs> inches are great i'm telling you after working on standard after working on certifications and having to write every single question in metric and in standard, it was literally the biggest bear. So I'm like, we can't even get on the same page with measurements. So while I love the concept um, of matter. 
I do think that you have to have some big companies buy in because if it's just all these small companies kind of like pushing it up, if you don't get the big companies to buy in, it's never going to get any traction. It's never going to go anywhere. Um, but as far as our channel goes, um, I don't think it's going to be maybe a leading decision maker in it. I think that some of our products in our channel, like you mentioned, like say Crestron and, and, um, control for, they're going to have to deal, right? Like kind of like how now they have to deal sometimes when you get that client that wants to have the Alexa in the house instead of the Josh or whatever it's, it's maybe not as streamlined. It's maybe not as pretty. It's maybe a little bit clunkier. I think we're going to start seeing our companies or our, you know, manufacturer partners have to address it. Um, but I don't think it's going to be something leading in the forefront. Um, a lot of the projects that we still work on, you know, clients are looking for that custom curated. They aren't looking for that IOT out of the box thing. Just make it work, make it all speak the same language. That's why they're hiring us. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Let's change topics for a second. Uh, this comes to us from CE Pro and our friend Jason. Not Massachusetts bans certain shades due to toxic chemicals. Uh, Mass has identified 11 toxic chemicals that are being used as flame retardant in motorized shades and has banned them. Um, not only have they banned them, uh, and this might be the bigger part, you can face a penalty of up to $100 per shade, up to $50,000. Uh, for selling and installing the now banned fabrics. Uh, this has gone into effect Jan 1, uh, but it's really just starting to gain some headway now. Uh, Amanda, when when you see this, and, and I'm I'm trying to come at this from, from two different angles. One, chemicals in your house are bad. We shouldn't have to discuss this. We go on and on and on about low VOC paints and everything else. Um, outside of doing stage work where flame retardant products are, are normal um, and buying kids sleepers and they have the little thingy that says, this is flame retardant. Like, well, awesome. The sheets aren't, but cool. Um, <laughs> I've never once thought about selling a shade and going, Oh, is this flame retardant or buying a shade or buying drapes or literally anything like this? I've never looked at fabrics for a couch or a sofa and wondered if it's flame retardant again, outside of an environment that requires flame retardant. We do this in hospitals um, and, and in some corporate environments. Have you ever looked, I know you're a big shade seller. Have you ever looked at a, a fabric and gone, I better make sure it's a flame retardant one. I absolutely have not. Um, so until this <laughs> came up, but what I found interesting is I was like, I mean, it kind of stands to reason like you don't want the flame retardant on the window, which is where you're going to try to go out in case of a fire. Like I kind of think it would actually be safer to have something flame retardant out around my exit, you know, area to get out. Like I never thought about it before. Right. And mm -hmm. I think in all honesty, 
and I don't know exactly where this came from, but it, it kind of reminds me of one of those things where maybe somebody got, this is why advocacy is so important, right? Is that it almost feels like somebody got into the ear of some Congress people or, you know, some government officials there in Massachusetts. And they just really were all about, you know, the chemicals in a house and, and things like that. And, and banning as many as they possibly could without, thinking through all of the process. And this kind of happened by default. Oh, by the way, these shades now also have this in it. Um, Cause you know how sometimes like government makes up rules, right? And then it's because somebody pushed it or because somebody had an agenda on it or whatever, and they make these rules and these regulations, but they don't necessarily think through like what the entire process is. And we weren't even part of the conversation. Um, I've never, ever, had somebody say something about flame retardant. I have had people, especially now when we're talking health and wellness in a home, people are very much more conscientious of what chemicals are on their fabrics, what chemicals are in their house as we're creating and building houses that are more airtight, right? And more energy efficient. These people wear denim and running shoes. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I mean, they're still, they're still eating fast food and donuts, right? But like, there's the selling feature. Like, it is the, this health and wellness craze. Like, right? When, when people are like, oh, well, I'm building this house. And then they can tout all of these things. Like, yes, I'm using like, you know, low EOV, whatever, all of these kind of things. And I have fewer chemicals in my house. And I'm using only natural rags or cloths, right? Where you don't use any of these chemical cleaners. Like you haven't been in these mom's groups, Matt, right? Like, I mean, they have oh, not a lot of extra time to do on their hands. I'm well, I'm well aware. <laughs> I, I have the same clients. <laughs> it, yes. But it ends up being kind of one of those things, right? Where everyone's like, okay, well now I'm on this health and wellness kick. It's just like January 1st when everybody joins the gym and everybody's at the gym at the beginning. So now we're talking health and wellness in a home. So we're trying to get rid of as many chemicals as possible. So we're looking at every single thing that possibly has chemicals and shades just happen to be one of them. And yeah. so it's okay, let's ban that. Let's get rid of that. And let's move on um, without replacing it. The Sorry. interesting thing about this is where it's actually taking place. And um, Amanda, yes. when we were in- Like not California. No, 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 but listen. When we were when we were at Cedia, we went to the advocacy town hall, and there was our friend Aaron Riemann, who has been leading the charge for mm -hmm. Cedia members forever now, um, to protect against lawsuit or uh, litigation or uh, I guess legislation, sorry, that could uh, adversely affect what low voltage integrators do. And if you recall, that whole government affairs committee really was started by someone we've already kind of almost re referenced in our first conversation, Mitchell Klein, who is based in Massachusetts. And one of the early uh, low voltage uh, threats was from the electrical contractors in Massachusetts. Uh, you see a lot of legislation in California and Massachusetts. They're both leading yep. indicator kind of states when it comes to government uh, regulation and this one kind of came out of nowhere for me. I wouldn't have any idea this was a thing, but I believe it's sort of like how asbestos became, you know, a, th a, a target uh, in, especially in commercial buildings, but also in old apartments mm -hmm. and residences. And it's, I guess, when you have certain uh, compounds that are in a living space and you're there for extended periods of time, they could develop, create issues in your in your uh, body so um this seems to be from that again i i agree i would have no idea 
that this was an issue with uh, window shades or any window coverings. Um, do you think this is going to limit dealers or integrators selling shades? Or do you think it's going to be just one of those things where if you work in mass, you'll see the notification. Granted, I saw it. Um, I was in my Lutron backend the other day, specking a shade, and it was popping up, showing me which fabrics can't be sold in mass. Mm -hmm. um, now, again, typically, we're not going to put a fire retardant shade in where we don't need one. But do you think this will limit shades, shade sales at all? Or will it just be, no, you can't get that color. You got to get this color. Yeah, I think it'll limit what what's being sold in Massachusetts. I'm curious to see how it spreads to other uh, other states, but um, it, it'd be good to know. I, I didn't have a chance to research that far into it to see what alternatives exist in product lines already. Did it seem like, from your perspective, that there were plenty of alternatives? Because it sounded yeah. like they were already reacting to uh, pulling things that aren't aren't appropriate yeah, there, there's I mean, if i was an integrator in that area i would literally make myself very familiar with which ones don't have the issue oh, yeah. and i literally would like be campaigning to everybody and because you're going to have that fear tactic so even the people that already have shades from someplace else or already have other window coverings or from like a designer or whatever the case may be you could be right on the forefront be like oh it's time to get those replaced because people aren't going to do away with the convenience of having those shades and yeah. things like that but you might get some clients that hey you know what it's time to do the upgrade and let's get you in a different fabric and i would be all about selling Heck, 10 times more shades right now you and use it as everywhere. an opportunity yeah correct you don't just have to be in mass be just just point it out and depending True. where you are, you play it up however mm -hmm. you want. Look at those crazies in mass. Look what they're doing. Right, you'd be safer. Or if you're in one of the other places, like, look what the good people of mass are doing. We should follow suit. You'd be fine. <laughs> See, that's me bringing the country to get your country together. When, when I was at Cedia, I had a conversation with someone in on the manufacturing side and they were talking about the, uh, the low percentage of I guess dealers who are selling shades still to this day. And I keep thinking that lighting fixtures are the next wave and that we've got to get more, more a higher percentage of integrators selling lighting fixtures. Um, it's just a great opportunity to get in early on a project. And the point was made, you know, there's only like in the teens percentage of dealers selling shades still. <laughs> I don't know what that number was. I don't remember off the top of my head. I have to look deep into my notes, but there's such a great untapped potential for shades. I would hate to have it limited by something like this. And hopefully it, it's just a little blip and the manufacturers can adjust and maybe they stop needing to provide that, um, seeing that it's more harm harm than good, you know, where the opportunities mm -hmm. for being healthy versus that one, that one random fire. Hazard. Well, and the interesting aspect of it too, though, is that, and I'm, I may be wrong in this, but I'm not, I don't believe I am. Um, this only applies for residential, mm -hmm. I believe. I'm just trying to double check that. Um, I believe it only apply, ugh, I believe it only applies for residential because for example, in a, in a hospital, it's all going to be flame retardant no matter what. Now it may be a different flame retardant, but it has to be due to code flame retardant. Right. If you if you got shades in a hospital um, and in a vast variety of other situations. But, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see um, how far and wide this spreads. I have a feeling it's going to go far. 
All right, let's wrap this up real quick with a story from Residential Tech Today and Jeremy Gulaki of all people. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching, he just rah rah himself, which is great. Um, Did access... he do a pat, the pat on the back too? Just... Well, that's coming. Wait for his answer. Yeah. Then he'll pat himself on the back. Um, access Networks adds pre-configured network systems. They've launched a new service deploying uh basic or is it basic configuration services uh essentially a, a pre-configured turnkey package for entry-level uh projects read through the article you'll learn more about it there's a, a great quote from bryce on there um a good friend of the show jason let me let me start with you on this did you just call me jason i yes. did I'm good sorry, lord jeremy <laughs> It's been a day. As I used to say when it used to be more relevant, as long as you don't call me Julie, I'm okay. So Julie, <laughs> I think it's great that they're doing this, but I also think this should be standard. I think the standard package or the standard solution should be off the shelf, turnkey, ready to go. And then as you grow up, as, as you level up and, and get into bigger projects and bigger things, then it becomes more either a la carte or professionally configured or blank slate so you can do whatever the heck you want. That's how every networking company outside of our industry does this. You go to Cisco, you're going to buy the generic crap off the shelf at Best Buy. It's pre-configured. You're going to buy um, entry-level Cisco, like small business Cisco. It's pre-configured. It's not until you get into the high-level products that it's Hey, you're the professional. Here's where we're going. Make this happen. Again, I applaud that they're doing this. I would like to see more companies do this as their standard. Am I wrong on that? I mean, I you have a better perspective than I do as an integrator. I, I would say that uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think that also you've got um, an industry that's evolving and for a long time, we were just sort of trying to make AV integrators into network professionals. And there, there was a learning curve there and, and uh, a lot of education going into it. And I think that integrators have always wanted to be the ones that can do everything when it gets down to, well, we're learning a new skill. We're going to learn how to do this thing. You don't need to do it for us. Um, but obviously, there's an efficiency aspect to having a turnkey. Um, by the company that is creating the product or bringing the pieces of the solution together as it would be with access because it's not all of their equipment. Um, sometimes it's mm -hmm. a Cisco piece or whatever, but they have the expertise. So why not let them build the package that works for that particular installation? And they were doing that on the high end, um, bigger projects, but now they're doing it for um, maybe not entry level, but a smaller type system. So yeah, it, it's probably uh, bringing something from the enterprise space into the home uh, space again that you would just come to expect on the enterprise side, um, but it's an evolving uh, area of our industry and maybe it's just catching up at this point. So good, good point on, on your, from your perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way. I just think it's a great development. Uh, it was good to meet with Bryce at mm -hmm. Cedia. And maybe this is one of those things that that Snap One ownership kind of allowed that to finally happen. They weren't running um, 
you know, as the small yeah. company anymore, they had more resources to make it happen. And it's just finally time to catch up. That's a good point. Amanda, what's the delta between off the shelf network solutions and specialized or, and I know that they call this their basic configuration system, but we know that this is a significant upgrade to the systems that most integrators are putting in. What's, what's the delta between those two? Because I, I, I hear it pushed all the time to Jeremy's point that we all need to be network engineers and all this other stuff. But I know that for most integrators and most clients, they'd be fine with an Eero system just to throw the name out there, right? Like it, not everything needs to be enterprise and, and people are going to shoot me for this, but not everything needs to be enterprise grade. I don't need turbo fans in a rack room running a 48 port POE switch that's got three Apple TVs hanging off of it. What's the yeah. Delta there? I think it depends on what type of integrator you are and what type of projects that you work on and how many projects you actually deploy. Like I love this concept because a, a good chunk of my clientele are for lack of a better term, probably more of like that basic, right? I mean, I get into some of those projects that are bigger um, and then I'm going to spend a little bit more time in, but when you, you need to have something better, right? than like the Comcast or the charter or the ISP coming in, um, but there's so many issues, like, at least in my opinion, anytime I deploy or I dealt with any, a client will come in and they'll go, oh yeah, I've got all these Eero products. I, I want to use those in my house because I'm moving into my new house. And there's just issues sometimes with ad adaptability, with headache, with reliability, things like that. Like I, and I love the fact that like, when I work with my clients, they own their network and mm -hmm. it's not just something out of a box immediately, right? Like from, you know, like an Eero kind of like thing where everyone can figure out how to hack into the admin. But I like the idea of out of the box. There's like a, a few things, right? That can be a little bit more robust. That can be a little bit, you're laughing so hard at me, Matt. Um, you know, catered. Because you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, catered, you know, like to our system. But I think it helps fill that void because how many times like where a product itself doesn't work to its potential because it's a network issue and because someone's using maybe an off the shelf or an ISP thing. So a client doesn't have a good experience. Um, so I think having something that can just come out of the box, be ready to go. I mean, I'm actually super excited about, it. I can't wait to hear about it because if I can cut that time off of my projects by having something pre-configured that might not cover all of my clients, but can cover like 65, 75%. So I can just deploy it and send my guys or, you know, gals out in the field and it's done and it's set and it's ready to go. That makes me far more efficient in, in a lot of other things. And I'm not going to have those hiccups and those headaches. And if I can do it at a good price point, I don't have to talk to my clients about, Oh, I want to bring over this Eero product or, Oh, I want to, you know, try to use this thing that was already five years old, you know, with all of this headache or whatever, because I don't want to spend the money on the network. Um, and I think it's going to fix a lot of problems. I think the biggest thing that will be interesting to me is seeing 
people that use this product, how many fewer trouble calls do they have to other product manufacturers that have issues with the network? I think that will be one of the biggest things. I think that other manufacturers are going to see benefits from this, where they're going to have fewer service calls um, of something that boils back to while you're having an issue with your network. And so I think that that will actually be exciting um, to be able to see. And maybe that's part of the reason that Snap One is doing it, right? So that they don't get other questions on other products that they're selling or that they're deploying. And they're going to say, hey, you know what? Out of the box, we're going to address these 10 things that every idiot out there configures wrong <laughs> or whatever that we're getting all these trouble tickets on. And it's just going to be ready out of the box to deploy and, and address that. So, yeah, that's a great point. All right, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you both so much for joining us. Jeremy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about residential tech today, uh, listen to your podcast, where can they do that? Best place to start is our website, restechtoday.com. And uh, you can actually check out examples of the podcast there. This week, we've got uh, two guests from LaGrande AV, Charlie Dirk and Alex Weaver, uh, talking about the stuff that's on their roadshow and at CVA Expo, which is kind of a great collection of the smart home and all the different categories that we talk about on this podcast. So um, you can subscribe there and also just kind of catch up and maybe subscribe to the magazine. We come out uh, digitally and in print. So i uh, love to have more, more people reading the magazine as well. Excellent. Thanks, Julie. If people <laughs> want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? Um, I'm online anywhere. So true media home on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of the above. I know you roll your eyes every single time. Um, or you can find me via email, um, or instant message. But if you just email me a wildman at truemediahome.com or there's a wildman at cedia, uh, net, which is just my favorite thing to say that there's a wildman at cedia. Um, <laughs> that's my email address there. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Maddie Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.